but I have thought about whether I have actually picked all these things to be to be unique as a as rebellion <laughs> against the fact that I'm a the Bermuda <laughs> archetype. I feel that. I've I've had a friend tell me, oh maybe maybe you you do have a four fix because you know you're you're trying hard to be be all special. And I took that to heart. I'm like, oh no, no, that, that sounds horrible. Please no. Um, oh God. But but I I am finding some I am finding some enjoyment or sort of a, a challenge in in like reconciliating all these things, especially when I'm listening to like satanic uh, lyrics and while also trying to be boringly Abrahamic. <laughs> <laughs> the big hormone enneagram. Let me lay it on the line. I got a little frigginess inside. Let you know that the man has got to deal with it. Hey, hi, it's John here. I'm a sexual self-prize for the five, four, five, eight, tri-type. Hi, David here. I'm a self-pres sexual nine with one nine seven four tri-type. Hey, it's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven sexual type with the eight five four tri-type. Hey, it's Nancy. I'm a self-pres social three wing four and three six nine tri-type. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. I'm John. I'm a four. We're here with Emika, eight, and Nancy, three. David is nining out somewhere. And we're here with our very special guest, Farah, a six, who uh, the name Big Hormone Enneagram is basically a tribute to her because mm-hmm. she's a scientist who works with hormones. That's right. Sometimes. So uh, last time, y'all talked about six and... <laughs> I want to continue that discussion with uh, the attachment types because especially on our group, there's been a lot of posting and discussion about the what attachment types are and uh, you know that there there's a lot of the population is an attachment type or has a tri-type with all three attachment types, nine, three, and six, that there is a very particular mechanism, psychological mechanism, not one specific one, but it's, there's, a, there's a way that they are related to the outside world that um, I think is really useful, not just for triangle types, not just for on the, on the inner triangle, the Enneagram, but for everybody. And um, I know that, you know, and Nancy, you're, you're a three, nine, six, right? Uh, I think three, six, nine, but yeah. Three, six, nine, yeah. And, and Farah, you also have that tri-type? Yes, I am. I'm a six, nine, three. What are, what are things that you, you all feel that people either don't understand or be useful for somebody to understand about, uh, that combination of types? I can start based on an experience today, um, where I just met up with a friend and, I was I was talking to her about my struggles, some of my my familial struggles or things like that, and she would say something like, "Why don't you just do what you want to do?" And to many people, doing what I want is never what I really want because what I want is sort of connected to a like a network of connected to the network of people in my life, 
So it's never really a decision based on what I want. And sometimes what I want is not even a concrete thing because it's, it's all intertwined with, with, the, with the will or the, the preferences of others whose life, lives are also intertwined with my life. So yeah, it's not, a simple, it's not a simple thing of knowing what I want or knowing what has to be done. Anyways. So does that complicate your sense of who I am? Like who, you know, like you said, I never, it's never what I want, but does that make it hard to distinguish what is you versus something that you've internalized? Maybe not so much with, with me, but maybe with others, with a maybe a different combination of, of the, the, the three attachment types, but it's, it's not ident- identity, but it's rather related to goals or uh, expectations of self or optimal paths in life. But when it comes to identity, which I, I personally perceive to be different from those things, I, I feel like I do have a, a clear sense of who I am. It's more about like my, my influence or the, my influence on the world around me or the, the actions that I take. So uh, kind of zooming out. So in terms of attachment, uh, what we're talking about is object relations and how um, object relations is this theory that uh, one of the dominant mo- like theories or models of how the personality forms and the personality forms in relationship to uh, our parents. Uh, as kids, part of having a personality is having a self-concept. It's also having an other concept or an object image. And then there is an emotional affect carried between subject and object. And so there are three dominant affect styles, meaning three dominant patterns that you can have this um, affect or quality of emotions. Uh, it's more than emotions, but this, this psychological dynamic between subject and object, and those are attachment, frustration, and rejection. And uh, Don Riso and Russ Hudson correlated the one, four, and seven with frustration is the dominant affect that is underlying their personality. Uh, Two, five, and eight is rejection. And so they're self-rejecting and offering something else in place of themselves. And then attachment for nine, three, and six. And um, in in any of those triads, uh, you have one type, in this case, nine, which is... um, it's uh, it hasn't the affect is for both parental figures, so it's not necessarily mom and dad literally, but par- the parental roles of nurturing or protecting. So the nine personality is attached to things that offer protection and guidance, and also things that offer nurturing and holding and love. Uh, the three personality is attached to things that offer mirror the like things that would sort of substitute for the, for the mothering function. So um, things that would, it's about holding and love and like somebody seeing me. So a lot of the three personality is motivated to get that seeing, to get that holding and recognition of my identity. And I want to be mirrored like a mother mirrors this child. Um, but as an adult, I project that onto my circumstances and other people. And then the six is attached to um, the protective function or the fathering function. And so part of what's going on there is there's a feeling that I didn't quite get 
the um, it's like I didn't internalize the protecting function. So it's like instead of being able to move forward and co with confidence by my own uh, sovereignty and autonomy and, and decision and knowing, uh, I look for structures and guidance and, and making plans and things that are reliable to organize and structure my um, you know way of moving through the world. And so attachment in all these cases means there's something psychologically speaking that I feel like I haven't internalized and I'm going for from the environment. And so it can create um, kind of different struggles with knowing who I am and knowing what I want and knowing um, how to distinguish between living a life that gets me the, um, the protecting or the nurturing that I'm looking for and how to have a life that gets me that and also is personally fulfilling for who I am apart from the psychological um, dynamics. Does this make sense? Yeah. So as a three, I see that come through a lot. Uh, I think um, most of what I do is kind of like reaching for that uh, being held and being seen kind of thing. So that's where kind of not knowing what I want at any given moment comes from, I think, because I can kind of do a 180 at any moment about like what I really want, because it's kind of based off of what's going to get me the most, like, I see you, you're great at this. And because of that, here is my love. I guess in general, that's true for threes, but how does six, nine is that like making you like a super three? Is that that you're more <laughs> external, like externally oriented three in terms of people's expectations in your experience compared to other threes? I would say it's more, I have less of a um, like Northern star kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of threes that are like three threes, um, like stereotypical threes have this thing that they're always working towards and it's mm. very like driven and obvious and they have a path. Right. Whereas with me, it, there's never a clear path because it could be anything all the hmm. time. And I never know where to go or what to do because <laughs> I don't know what I like or what I'd be good at or just, it's like constant chaos in my head all the time. So is it like uh, the six and nine makes you like the most uh, adaptable, malleable three? Yeah, I'd say that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say it feels more of like um, like I'm kind of being washed away in a river with currents. <laughs> so easily like more more easily influenced. influenced by, yeah. yeah, more is easily influenced. Okay. Yeah. That that makes sense. I my best friend OD is the same tri type, and he's also a social type, social sexual. Mm -hmm. Which without self pres, there's a lot of ungroundedness, mm. um, and he's highly influenced by what's going on in the social realm and how people are viewing him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, sixes are kind of already externally oriented to some sort of support system or whatever they feel will bring them a sense of. Um, I think what we talked about last time was a sense of certainty that, um, something I can count on and in the social realm, like if social sexual is kind of like looking for, I want to be cool. I want to be recognized for doing interesting stuff in the social realm. I want to be a star. 
and um, well, like there's there's a conflict between how I want to present myself in an authentic way versus what people will recognize as cool at that time. And um, what I've noticed from the years that we've been friends is that he struggles with the conflict of trying to express himself as an artist versus what he knows people will recognize currently. And that's always changing, you know, like maybe it's podcasts right now, maybe it's comedians who talk about, um, who do storytelling jokes or whatever is like cool and hot right now. He's like, maybe I should do that <laughs> instead yep. of, you know, because <laughs> people like that. So I should just do what people like. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I, I feel like um, I, I think there's that's kind of what I see is one of the uh, struggles of three six nine, but also the gift of three six nine is incredibly adaptable, like which makes him incredibly likable. Like people meet him and and it feels like he can connect with anybody. Um, is that something you relate to? Eat both of you guys, if or if. Is that something you guys relate to? Is that you feel like you can connect with more people because of your adaptability? I certainly feel that way. And I've had people um, like deem me, deem me friendlier than I would have deemed myself in that position. Or like, uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're really friendly. Or I thought you were really friendly then, even though I wasn't really intending to be so. Um. Yeah, so I I guess yeah, I guess you are right with that with that theme. Yeah, I feel like I can relate to pretty much anyone, especially like with 3 being my main um type. Like I can just chameleon into whatever they want, but then my my self-pres self kind of gets in my head a little bit more than I think a social type would. So, uh just to add to that, I also feel that having social means SOSP, it does give me a certain uh, like element of elitism with my interactions or at least internally, like I might be friendly, but deep, deep down, I'm like, you're not, you're not worthy of this on the long term, or, uh, or this is just, this is just an act, but I don't really like you. <laughs> we yeah, know, get Farrah. Yeah, we know. know. Yeah, it's not a secret. Um, but how do you, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Because I find that very interesting. On one hand, there's this sort of, um, it sounds like what you're saying is a certain permeability, and on the other hand, it's a sort of you can't touch me. I do. I do have this. It happen, It's a. It's a freq, frequent occurrence where I would, I would sp, like almost spill too much or be too friendly, and immediately have this actual feeling of recoil or like, oh, I was, oh, I, I, I was too friendly then, or I, I should have, I should have with, withheld more. Like so, I gave myself over too much. Yes, it's it's very conscious too. I I didn't think it would be that way. Uh, or like I was, I was too friendly to this person. I would regret it for later, like four days later. Mm. So I've, I've had similar encounters in the past. You know, part of my experience, and I, I think Emika shares this as our tri-type is that there is a, it's like a, it's like an excessively differentiated series of types. And so what y'all are describing in terms of being influenced by stuff is, uh, like very foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested in like it, you know, and there's, there's, um, 
you know, of kind of a, my personality is a certain pride in having resisting outside influences and being social blind and contributes to that as well. But, um, so I'm, I'm curious about like, like it, it, it's, so it doesn't really make sense to me. Like I, I know I can articulate what the, the triangle types are going through in terms of the theory, but in terms of the direct experience and, and how they experience their sense of self and this, this ambiguity between malleability and taking in impressions and also like, you know, what you just described of kind of the elitism or something is, is it's, it's, I'm, I'm wondering if, um, like what, what is feeling on one hand protected and reserved and elite and on the other hand is, um, seemingly easily willing to get on board with other people's personality agendas. At least with me, the whole thing with other people's agenda might be more of a like a like a subconscious uh, process, while the the more conscious process is the one that involves uh, like separation. Uh, another thing is, I remember it's either you or or David who once mentioned that. Uh, sixes and nines do have this ego invested in feeling feeling different or being unique or unique isms so like as opposed to a, a four who where the process is much more natural and it's not rehearsed and it's not something they're thinking of let me do this so i look special like an intentional crafting of their distinction is what you're yes. saying yes so i i know like after I've I've been involved in this discussion. I have noticed that this is something that I've I've been doing. So like as a younger person, I'd be like, oh yeah, I don't listen to mainstream music. I, I don't really do that. <laughs> or like even my my the way I dress, I I'd be like, um, oh no, I, I dress uh, I wear timeless stuff. I don't I don't follow the current trend or something of that sort. Um but I think it's all a resistance towards uh more internal processes where i am actually absorbing and being on board with with a lot of things that people around me are doing mm. uh so i guess both things are there is a resistance and there is a a going with that are happening simultaneously but in different arenas or sides of my processes or personalities so i'll, I'll say this be, because my my um because i have this 854 six three nine relationship with my best friend and so it's it's a very contrasting personality so like what you're saying that it's on a subconscious level that sixes or people of these of this tri-type are going along because no one is going to openly admit to just being a follower of other people's uh, influences most people identify as being authentic and distinct to themselves and for the most part like people have that as a feature of their personality. But what I see that's going on with sixes, nines, and threes is that even though there's a drive to be unique and to be themselves, that they're automatically absorbing other people's perspectives. And it's almost like I have to, I have to constantly push away and find my own voice mm -hmm. versus um, maybe the types that are more of the, the separatists, like the eight, fives, and fours are automatically assuming separation so it's i i don't think it's happening on a conscious level where um anyone of 639 will will uh, admit to b 
being it's all it's on a deeper level where it's like I feel myself going along or maybe some time passes and they've already adopted another viewpoint that they thought were was their own but um was actually someone else's and they've lost their own voice and so trying to find where am I actually uh, is a really hard thing even though they, they feel like I am actually following my own voice yeah that's why I'm finding it hard to, to imagine your your friend who's a 369 or like that archetype being a like a, a creative person or being a, an artist of course I'm not saying that all these types are dull and they can't create or anything but I'm saying I someone who has all three types together I've I've tried creating in the past and I would be conscious of I would do something I'd be like nope this is this is literally that sounds like that song or okay no this now looks like this artist or maybe I'm I don't know I don't know if this is a a terrible example but I'm 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 finding I feel like I am feeling his struggle in a way yeah I can I can give you a peek into his at least getting to know him is a, he's a comedian and so as a six coming up as a comedian he was trying to figure out like what what is a good comedian so you know you you go and you go and look at the great comedians and to try to figure out well I don't if I I guess Dave Chappelle is a good comedian so if I can do comedy like Dave Chappelle then maybe I'll be a good comedian it's like well I have to actually find my own voice well, what is my own voice well you know good com- comedians do this this and this and so he spends years trying to do build up those skills so this constant struggle of trying to figure out like what the external world says is excellent versus what do I actually want to express as a comedian and it seems like every so over every every so often he struggles with he has a crisis of kind of like what the fuck am I doing? Kind of like needing to orient to to something that shows that I'm I'm heading on the right path. Yeah, I uh, I feel that when I'm painting a lot, um, it's like a con- like every couple of seconds, kind of push and pull, um, and it's like a practice I do, and I only do it when I'm prepared <laughs> to deal with that bullshit because I'll be painting and like a minute in, I'm like, oh, this doesn't look like true abstract expressionism because this Mm. one brush stroke looks like it's too abstract and it just and it it is not going to speak to these people the way I want it to speak to these people and then I'm like okay (laughs) and then I have to go back so what I've started doing is I started just painting and then I just leave the painting on the street so that way like either it gets thrown away or someone picks it up or like but I put it somewhere where I won't see it. And so I'm just like, here you go. And that way I can't be tied to the result because nice. I'm constantly tied to the result. That's, oh, wow. uh, that's very interesting because like, so I'm, as, as y'all are speaking, um, I feel like, you know, like all the personalities are all related to one another. And so it's not like if you're this, you're like unable to access other thing. But I think what, what it sounds like is that my tri type is over, like as Emika was speaking to, it's like, there's a, just a, a baseline assumption of separation. And so my per, my attention is always going to, like it's going away from external influences. And I always feel like with the people I know who are triangle types, that there's often this way that they have, like, you know, there's tons of very creative, very original people of all the triangle types and all tri-type, blah, 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 blah. But that 
their attention can sometimes go to what you're speaking to, Nancy, of like, well, this doesn't look like that thing. And in so doing, they kind of like don't trust their own process or inspiration or something like that. But I, I, I can see how um, like friends of mine have done something creative. And then there's a pro- part in the creative process where maybe it's like an insecurity, a doubt, or a not knowing if I'm going the right direction inside. And I need to kind of like check in with something that's more familiar. Uh, and, and then I start comparing it to that thing. Mm-hmm. And it can kind of take my own creativity off course. And what I think is interesting, also given that a lot of this discussion um, of triangle of attachment types that we've been doing in our group comes from, um, you know, seeing what's going on where a lot of people who are not fours think they're fours. <laughs> and I think that that can look like envy, what I'm describing. Yes. You know what I'm yeah. Yes. It can look like, because it feels like envy. Right. Because like I see other painters or other like poets, like I really want to write poetry, but I really don't know how. And so I'll like read into it, but then I start writing poetry like someone else and then it's not me and then it doesn't sound good. And it's just like, and so I constantly am envying other artists who can just sit down and create. Um, I actually like, I have a system with all of my friends or most of my friends where I'm like, don't give me your opinion unless I ask for it, specifically blatantly ask for it. Because I get really mad when people give me their opinion and I'm not asking for it because I, whether I want to or not, I will take it in as reality. Mm. Like I, like it took me so <laughs> long to get my first tattoo because everybody has an opinion on tattoos. Like I would be like, oh yeah, I'm getting this. Literally, it started when I was like 18. I was like, yep, I'm getting this tattoo. And it was specifically this tattoo I have on my arm. (laughs) And like so many people were like, don't get that. You'll regret it. And I'm like, I know I'm not going to regret it. But then it took me six years to get the fucking tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) And so like one friend told me like right before I got this tattoo, she was like, oh, don't get it on your arm. Then you can't cover it. And I was like, "Ah!" (laughs) 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 like mentally, I was like, I will shut your mouth forcibly yeah man I, I can't i can't handle other people's opinions i mean other people's opinions are like 10 percent of what i think about and then i'm like like you know it's like very minimal it's like okay that's your opinion but i gotta figure this out myself you know it's yeah. like god i wish i was like it's, that it's like i it's like i just pre-delete and then i'm like yeah you know maybe they had a point but maybe not probably not you know this kind of a thing well i have a question for farah so like, I don't know, like, you know, feel free to uh, not share anything about yourself because I know that you like to be secretive, but, um, you know, you are triangle type and we're talking about all the kind of influences that triangle types can absorb, especially a triple triangle type. And, uh, you know, you are a particularly unusual collection of influences uh, on the point. Do you and, you know, we can delete whatever you want to delete from the conversation, whatever. But, you know scientist uh you know like a devout muslim woman and uh super into metal (laughs) and then super into like memes and humor and i don't know uh you know what else i might be missing in there but you've got you know you've got all these different very um unusual like you don't see those combinations of interests together Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i'm curious uh like 
I think one of the stereotypes that can easily develop uh, about the, the triangle types is that they can be like everybody else or that they can be kind of like the common person. And there's like archetypally, I think there is something there, but um, there's a lot of uniqueness in everybody. And uh, I'm curious like how you understand your own experience of incorporating all these very different influences and, you know, as a type that takes and influences, but they're all very like seemingly at odds. And Enneagram is, you know, a big part of that too. And it's, you know, so I'm curious if you have anything about that. I have, uh, again, because I am maybe too painfully self-aware, but I have thought about whether I have actually picked all these things to be to be unique as a as rebellion <laughs> against the fact that I'm a the Bermuda <laughs> archetype. I feel that. <laughs> I've I've had a friend tell me, oh maybe maybe you you do have a four fix because you know you're you're trying hard to be be all special. And I took that to heart. I'm like, oh no, no, that, that sounds horrible. Please don't. <laughs> um, oh God. But but I I am finding some I am finding some enjoyment or sort of a, a challenge in, in like reconciliating all these things, especially when I'm listening to like satanic uh, lyrics and while also trying to be boringly Abrahamic. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, so I do feel like a, like a pioneer in some sense. Um, of course I'm not, but it's just like this fun feeling of trying to find the common grounds between all these things or how these things don't go, don't go against each other. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a nine fix trying to like find peace and harmony between like, uh, ideologies are, that are at odds. Uh, also things like, um, like, uh, social justice and socialism and, uh. and Islam. Maybe you guys have always heard me ramble about this, but things like, but you know, no, Islam is actually pretty socialist if you think about it. So is <laughs> yeah. metal. Metal is also socialist. And uh, and then, yeah, I'm like trying to reconcile these like drastic, drastically different uh, groups or communities. Well, I think, I think that's interesting. And I think that um, like, this is not meant to flatter you, but you know, it's like, I think you have maturity in your spirituality that you can uh be as dev devout as you are and then listen to satanic music because you're you're not like getting you know it's like a lot of people who are religious no matter whatever their thing is can't listen to or participate in art that like draws from aesthetics that are you know intentionally antagonistic towards those religions you know <laughs> and uh <laughs> You know, so I don't know. It's like, it's, I mean, it's, I could see where somebody could like, like, cause it's interesting, this sort of um, vertical view of Enneagram from the point of view of like levels of health or however you want to describe it of um, maturity or whatever. But um, I can see how maybe at like a lower level on the spiral dynamics or whatever, blah, 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 that uh, somebody, who's taking in all those influences could really struggle and try to keep them separate in a way that, you know, they like start reacting like, Oh, metal music is terrible. You know, it's, it's unholy or whatever. And, or, you know, like 
whatever, but like getting into some kind of weird division. Whereas I see you going through a, a, a unification or not necessarily unification, but like holding them all together in a way that keeps their distinction too. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, maybe. Yeah. I have, I did want to write a, like I have, I have this in my notes, but it kind of relates to this. I do feel like perhaps some, some sixes, uh, maybe social sixes too, start having a like a reaction against the 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 binary to sort of relieve anxiety so maybe like the whole like i'm not gonna say movement because movement is a wrong word i'd say the new awareness about like uh how gender is binary mm-hmm. we should all be we should all be non-binary or gender as a is a strict construct everything should be more fluid so this could be rather than like a nine expression it could be more of a of a six terrified of being like well i I have to be this way or the other because this ago this goes against this so let's try let's try and find common grounds between between all these things so that i don't feel anxious about whether i'm on the right path or not i was gonna say that that's a it's a thing that i notice a lot with sixes where they're trying to straddle very opposite worlds and trying to be the the holding space almost in a nine-ish kind of way um but it has an edge to it like we talked about on the last call that a lot of the punk movement um the metal movement is has this really reactive edgy six tone to it um and a lot of a lot of the rebellion of six is not wanting to be pinned down to any one category so as as soon as a six is invested in one thing they it's almost like i need to i i I want to um have the diversity where i can go into another category that's maybe Mm -hmm. oppositional to the one that i'm already in yes so that i don't feel like you can you can't stereotype me now or you can't put me in a box because i'm a i don't know i'm a walking contradiction or something yes Yes. Contradiction is essential to sixness. So Nancy and uh, Farah, like what helps you get in touch with yourself from all these influences? Like, not to say necessarily that there is a self that is separate from influences, but like, I can imagine from the point of view of three, from the point of view of six, and from the point of view of nine, the way that all those types, like, you know, we've talked in other um episodes or whatever and on the group and stuff we talked about how sensitive nines are because they're you know they're the sensitive type in a way because they're absorbing so much from the environment and uh you know i can imagine as you were describing earlier nancy like like going for all these things but also being very malleable and kind of reversing directions based on whatever comes up in a way that in you know blows your wind in a certain way and uh, so what helps you like get in touch with yourself or whatever that sense of self is that you feel landed in something that feels like your own? Um, so I think the um, the first way I can kind of tell the difference of like, oh, do you know, am I just doing this because other people want me to do it or do am I doing it because like I want to do it? Um, there's a little bit of a different energy for me mm-hmm. when it comes to doing something to be like a good three or to be like, you know, successful or et cetera. Um, 
it's more of like a like you drank too much coffee energy like it's not really like a true you love this energy it's mm. a it's it's a pushing it's mm. like i'm pushing this i'm pushing this boulder up a hill and it's my duty to do so but it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. and for a long time like i thought that was motivation but really it's just like <laughs> self torture <laughs> um <laughs> but, but I think what's helped me the most, because sometimes I can't always tell the difference in my energy levels. So um, I think what's helped me the most is just not putting too much uh, meaning behind anything I do. Uh, kind of letting go of like, oh, everything I do is important. It's like, well, nothing I do is that important. So, you know, I'm going to work this job and I'm just going to be here for however long I'm going to be here. And I'm going to do what I want in the evenings. And so just being humble. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Just sort of letting things be and letting things happen at their own time and knowing that, you know, it's okay to be normal and slightly boring <laughs> <laughs> and just living in that space for a while is what's helped. Well, with me, it's physical, like physical separation helps in a way being away from, from uh, family members for a bit or just away from everyone. But I feel, uh, I feel that being a, a compliant type too, or a superhero type, all these, all these uh, inputs from from all the factors around me becomes sort of gets internalized into becoming the moral code that I should live by. Sometimes mm. I don't know if this is a good, good way to put it. So that even when I am doing, sometimes I'm doing something I'm enjoying, there is always this li- lingering feeling of guilt. About whether I should be doing this. It, well, it sounds like what you're saying is that there's always this sort of yeah super ego message that is making you. I don't know if the right word is question what you're doing or if you if what you're doing is is it sounds like what you're saying is if you're what you're questioning with what you're doing is uh, maybe useful or good or something like that. Is that what you're mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. That's true. So is it hard for you to enjoy things? Yes. Uh, it's hard for me to relax because when I'm relaxing uh, means that something is wrong or I'm neglecting something or I'm not thinking about something. Um, so that's why I don't feel pe- it's better to keep busy. I, I think a lot of people with this, with this attachment type, well, or sorry, the attachment types, especially in combo, when they're all, all three of them together, mm-hmm. they tend to be like busy busy bees or mm-hmm. workaholics or trying to just work themselves uh away from all these thoughts <laughs> what do, i mean what would happen in like like what would, what does your imagination think would happen if you were to relax like what does your superego say is going to happen i don't i don't deserve rest uh there's probably things i could w- use my time to do a lot of other things uh I don't know. Nancy's laughing, so maybe she does relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, to- I totally relate to that. There's <laughs> a, a large, well, so for me, it doesn't feel as much like guilt. It's like, I, I, I don't know. It almost feels like a seven ish thing where it's like, oh, if I'm not going to enjoy the day, what's the point of having a free day? I might as well go to work. So it's like hard for me <laughs> to, <laughs> to like just take a day and sit because. I, you know, I'm not going to have as much fun, but in reality, I'm too tired to go do anything else. So, wow. 
<laughs> it's very annoying. So but it, does it feel like there's some real important thing you got to do? You know, like like what I'm hearing from like from the six and from the three point of view is like a little bit of like there's some important shit to get done. And then from <laughs> like Farah's point of view, it, there's like like some shit will happen if I don't get stuff done. <laughs> Oh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it does. It, it that's that's why I've tried to kind of let go of like everything I do being important because it feels like everything I do is important. And then if everything <laughs> I do is important, I have to constantly be doing it, right? So it's also being a, it's being aware of how much change like sometimes like change you can make like oh, I have I have like 5 hours free today. Look of Think of all the things I could do with all with these five hours. I could I could make a difference in the world. I could join all these things, but I'm not doing any of this. Oh God, I'm a I'm a lazy, terrible person. <laughs> Work harder. Yeah, you're wasting all this fucking time on a podcast when you can be, you know, cleaning <laughs> oh, the streets. Oh boy, no, I, I am I am sort of making a difference with this podcast. I'd like to think. No, <laughs> <laughs> you'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> I think she does think. All two <laughs> listeners. Two, our, our incredible audience of 10 people oh, top. God. One of them I being have... my mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I have another point I wanted to mention. So I know this is, we're, we're discussing attachment types in general, but this, this more of, relates to six. And I wanted to bring it up last, uh, last episode or last uh, call. The whole thing with sixes and punishment or... I feel like punishment. <laughs> you talking about whips? Oh yeah, some chains. Oh yeah, I'm I'm talking candle in wax, the actual sense, and in more uh, performative senses. Oh okay. Mm, yeah. What do you mean performative? That's interesting. Uh, no performative, as in like. You know what I mean. Tied no, I don't. Like, do you mean? I don't. I'm not alluding. I'm not insinuating that you're saying something sexual. Oh, we are. I don't. <laughs> like, I don't understand what performative I'm punishment talking, means. I'm talking about punishment in, like, both in the Catholic sense. I need to confess. Uh, I'm ready for. I'm gonna self-flagellate. <laughs> but mm. then there's also the more like, yeah, I guess in the, in more like. Uh, you said it. Things like, I don't know, BDSM or stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay, you were. All right. So, but yeah. <laughs> Big like, hormone energy. <laughs> I feel like the flavor is a bit different uh, from like other super ego types because when when you get, like with, with sixes, like punishment is sort of like the, the universe telling you, yes, you are in the right way or, or especially I, I see a lot of sixes who like kind of snitch on themselves when they do something wrong or <laughs> or they would say like okay i did this please tell me i'm stupid i've i've seen multiple sixes do that i've probably done it myself a couple of times it's more of like having control over the consequences by by welcoming them here interesting i did this wrong give me my punishment give me the consequences right now so now i'm control it's not like me sitting in the corner waiting for when it comes yeah, do you, I do feel like uh, sixes have a thing for punishment. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, like I see a lot of sixes. Like, my brother's a six. I, I, I have a brother and a sister who are sixes. And especially my brother, like, will, I don't know. He just has this sense where, where 
if something goes wrong or is misunderstood, there has to be a consequence. You'd be offended by something and there'd be this need to lash out as a punishment. And I, or at least that, that's how I took it. But it was like, there needs to be a consequence of something bad that has happened. I think it goes back to like controlling the chaos. Like maybe if we punish mm-hmm. people, chaos, this wouldn't happen again. Everything would be in order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got like a ritual quality to it to me. Like a lot of rituals mm-hmm, that's, are, that's are also, to kind of, you know, control chaos in a sense. Yeah, all these like, like uh, um, religions, wor- like world religions, and the the enneagram type that they kind of symbolize, or sorry, the vice versa, and like six and Catholicism, all about like self punishment and penance, or that's the word, or like confession. Like I'm telling, I'm telling, I'm snitching on myself <laughs> when I do something bad. Yeah. Uh, again as control but then that's the thing it could also be like like a sense of i guess in things like bdsm it's more of like complete uh loss of uh agency might bring the control freaks like the, the six control freak some sort of relief and then like okay I like, yeah i'm letting go i i do not want to control anything i yeah i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> no it absolutely does i feel like uh Sixers are always looking for an external, um, you could say, system or system of certainty. And it could be a bunch of different things. It could be ideology. It could be religion. It could be a person. It could be a job. And and submitting to it, feeling like, you know, I trust this thing enough to give myself over to it. And if I am wrong and if I fuck up, I want to be punished because this thing that I'm trusting has a framework that is dependable which means that there are rights and there are wrongs and that's where you get morality and or maybe like a job where it's like i'm being you know reviewed and my boss is saying that i didn't do a good enough job six i feel take that really seriously of needing some kind of framework of um dependability or certainty of some kind and something that they want to submit themselves to and so i i've noticed that that um a lot of times when you see these movements where some self-assured leader reaches some kind of position, it's it's usually sixes that are at the front lines of um, giving themselves over to some a movement or a cause that they really believe in yes, and submitting I mean. themselves to, um, it could be a cult, you know, something that um, I'm going to defend, I'm going to stand up for, but this thing that I'm defending and standing up for has rules. At, that I'm willing to defend. And if I fuck up, I want to be punished because, you know, things have to line up for a six, you know, in order for me to feel safe. Mm-hmm. I, I need to trust that this thing has boundaries that are very clear. Yeah, that's why I, I feel like sixes might be susceptible to over like, like confident people because there's that dialogue where, or like uh, internal dialogue where you're like, this person is confident. I'm not confident because I'm not sure of what's going on, but they seem confident. So they must be sure of of the truth. (laughs) So it's a, it's a terrible thing. And yeah, people need to be more, more aware of it. Uh, More self-aware, I guess. This is how Um, Hitler's happened. (laughs) Well, uh, Trump's. (laughs) 